I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. Hello and welcome back to another episode. This week we're talking with Dan, owner of Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting. We have a great discussion focused primarily on employees, hiring and retaining amazing ones, as well as what it's like to build a culture to sustain them and keep them going day in and day out. Dan also talks about the importance of protecting you and your business, making sure you're both insured and bonded. Dan's a really great guy with a lot of information and passion to share. Can't wait for you guys to listen to this interview. Let's dive right in. Thank you so much for having me, Colin. I'm excited to be here. My name is Dan Reitman. I am the CEO and founder of Dan's Dog Walking and Testing. How long have you been in business? Uh, November 1st, actually. It was a whopping 10 years since I started the company. <laughs> still blows uh, my mind. Wow. That's, that's, that's quite a long time. Uh, do you own any pets currently? Um, sort of. So sort I of. No longer, I'm, I'm no longer living at home because mm. I'm 32 and finally moved out of my parents' house. Uh, <laughs> now, our, our family dog, who is my dog, uh, Caleb, was with them. If you've seen any of our content or if you want to go check it out, um, there's tons of content with him. We actually had a really cute, um, basically like a dog odd couple uh, series that we did on Instagram for a mm. while before my other dog got sick um, called Kyle and Caleb Roommates. And it's, it's pretty adorable, and people definitely got a kick out of it. So <laughs> definitely check that out, Kyle, Caleb, roommates. That's super cute. <laughs> yeah. So, so you've you've kind of had a passion for animals for a long time. Where did that start? Uh, I I gotta say it's been probably my whole life. Um, my dad, when I was an infant, uh, I'm sure again the advisement of my mother i know used to put our puppy in the crib with me um (laughs) my first dog sasha so i'm sure he got yelled at for that sure he would get yelled at again if my mom knew that this was being broadcast um (laughs) (laughs) but no my my whole life i've been always just loved animals um when i was little you name it i'm pretty sure i had it as a pet lizards fish frogs dogs no cats but i've Mm. had basically everything else college I almost lost my housing because of the pets that we had. Um, oh, no. Yeah, we had a, uh, a three-and-a-half-foot-long Savannah monitor. Um, his oh. name is Clarence. Um, we had a pet scorpion. We had a Pac-Man frog. Um, then I, when I was living at home, I had two chinchillas that I thought were both female. I found out a few months later one was male when Surprise. I was stage and found a bunch of them. But, yeah, just been um, an animal lover my whole life. It's something that... I, you know, I, I've always been incredibly passionate about never planned on turning it into a business. Um, I always call this business a happy accident. Um, <laughs> you know, what happened after I figured out it could be a business that was obviously a lot of work and a lot of planning. Right. But um, when I first started, it was definitely, it, it really truly did come from, I, I enjoy working with animals and let's see where this can go. Sure. So you, you spent some time working at an animal hospital. Um, how, yeah. how did that shape the way you worked with animals? Um, it, honestly, I don't think I would be in the position I'm in if it wasn't for Dr. Hendrickson at Manhattan Animal Hospital giving me my first job there. Mm. Um, this all started on a pretty impulsive whim. 
my car was packed. I was supposed to go back for my junior year of college. I was going to Loyola down in Baltimore. And I basically told my parents, uh, I'm not going back. And they're like, all right, that's fine. Get a job. <laughs> so that next day, I brought my dog in to the animal hospital who I've been going to. I think my family's been going to him since he opened 20 or 30 years ago. And I, at the time, I was very interested in going to vet school. I came in, I asked, you know, do any volunteer position open? I'm interested in going to vet school. He's like, no, but we do have a full-time job as a tech where we could train you and we have that available. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. I interviewed with him and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, you know, working in a small hospital, you get to do a lot more than you would working in like a larger scale animal hospital. So I was incredibly hands-on and I had some very good teachers. There was a vet tech uh, named Vicky who worked there. I'm very good friends with Phil. Um, she, she taught me a lot. Dr. Henderson taught me a lot, but just having that hands-on experience working with animals in a medical setting beyond just the physical care of them and being able to kind of, you know, know how to recognize bloat in a dog or knowing how to recognize things like heat stroke or what to do if a dog's blood sugar drops or all these kinds of things that people in our industry, unless they seek that information out, don't necessarily have that data set coming into whenever they start their business. So I, you know, <laughs> to wrap it up, I don't <laughs> think I would be in the position I'm in with this company if I hadn't worked there. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds like it was really foundational to how you began to think about working with them. Um, I want to touch on that a little bit because I, I find that as pet sitters and pet care professionals, we find ourselves at this kind of interesting interface. We're, we're not medically trained, um, but we do spend a lot of time interacting with animals. And so we kind of find ourselves as this interim position between an owner and the, the medical field and the animals. Um, did you find yourself doing a lot of that when you were pet sitting um, actively? Um, well, especially when I first started, definitely, um, because a lot of my first clients that I got were referrals from the animal hospital I was working at. I mean, it really started with, you know, I'm doing this dog walking thing or I'm doing this pet sitting thing. And they knew me from the hospital. And I was like, yeah, I could, you know, take do insulin. I could take care of you know, senior pets. Yeah. And so in the beginning, for sure, I mean, now we've got a, a pretty large team. So they yeah. handle most of that day-to-day -day stuff. Anything that's super unique, um, like we had a, a tortoise who had um, – some sort of polyps and they had to, we were tube feeding her for about a month and a half. So I was, Whoa. I took over doing that. Yeah, it was really cool. I had uh, only done it like once or twice in the past. And uh, that's one thing I definitely miss the medical aspect of hmm. working in the hospitals. It's, vet school is still in the back of my mind. I have a few more things I'm trying to do with this business and a few other things that I'm working on before I, I take the leap. But um, huh. I think my, my passion is definitely in, that field as well as the business aspect. So once you started, um, how did you decide on a business name? How did you decide to, to call your business? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, not, not many hours of, um, you know, time and research Sorry. went into <laughs> naming my company, Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting. Yeah. I, uh, I honestly, I couldn't even tell you if I put any thought into it at all. Sure. But I lucked out because the name of the business made us much better optimized from an SEO standpoint. So having mm -hmm. dog walking and pet sitting in the company's title 
yeah. actually ended up working tremendously to our advantage in terms of us showing up in search rankings and things like that. And also, people didn't have to ask what we did. We tested. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan owns the company. Yeah. That so makes there's, it... there's a lot of transparency with what we do. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I know because people just starting out, kind of trying to come up with a name can be really daunting and um it so is it's, not it's, easy it's yeah so it's, it's nice to hear that you're just went well this is who i am and this is what i do so that's what we're going to call it yeah there there was definitely I, when i say i knew very little from a business standpoint when i started i was 21 maybe 22 when i first started i i thought i knew what i was doing uh, <laughs> um, i i definitely was like a toddler running in the dark um yeah but it was, yeah, naming a company is not easy. I, I've had a couple of other businesses while I've been building dance dog walking. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had a, a tech company in the restaurant space. And um, me and my partner spent weeks combing through like thousands and thousands and thousands of names. And it was honestly <laughs> one of the most frustrating processes ever. Oh, no. It's like, this is going to define us. This is going to be a, the name that people use. So I, I definitely, my heart goes out to those who actually have put in thought to naming their business. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not an easy process for sure. Yeah, for, yeah absolutely. Uh, so, so what kind of services does your business provide to clients? Um, so you've got dog walking and pet setting, obviously. So we do okay. we have multiple uh, visit options. So we do 10, 30, and 50-minute dog walks. Um, we obviously do cat visits, cat sitting. We do medical visits, so post-op care. There's any wound treatment that needs to be done, insulin, any sort of injections, medications, pills, stuff like that. We offer pet taxi services, so driving dogs to the vet, to the groomer. Um we also do in-home overnight pet sitting, where we will stay at the client's house with the dog. We do regular hourly pet sitting, where we'll just hang out with them. And then um, we do Cooper Scooper services as well. Oh, well, that sounds like it's pretty diverse. Um, did all of those come up at, at one time, or, or how were those added um, as, you, as the business grew? Um, well, I have one that's funny how it was added. Uh, the Pooper Scooper one, which I added about a year ago, I was at a client's house um talking to them and she asked me she's like do you do you know anybody that does super scooper services and i in the back of my head was like well i have a bucket at home and i'm yeah. sure i can find something to scoop I'm like we do this we we offer that service <laughs> and she she ended up being our our first super scooper client um but yeah the dog walking and pet sitting it, it definitely evolved over time i think mm-hmm. when i started i only did 30 minute visits maybe an hour i i honestly don't remember but i, I remember a couple, you know, a year or two in realizing, you know, not everybody can afford to spend X amount of dollars per week. So I wanted to have an option to be be able to cover everyone's needs. Um, yeah. So that's why I started offering the 10 minute ones. Um, yeah, it kind of evolved over time based on the needs. I also tried to use data to kind of make decisions about the business. Mm-hmm. So looking at like, you know, which, what requests are we getting services for that we don't offer? What are we getting that, you know, we can double down on what could we kind of continue to expand and really make decisions based on the needs of the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that I did in the beginning was I did a uh, kitchen replenishment service where, you know, if somebody was away on vacation, we would go to the grocery store, get milk, eggs, cheese, whatever they needed. They'd leave us a list. And so they'd come home and have a, a full fridge. Wow. I mean, I like- when I, 
When I first started, I really did everything. Like yeah. I, I was, <laughs> I was picking up clients' kids from camp. I was, you know, helping them with stuff around the house. I, I was, you know, I, I realized that it wasn't just about taking care of the dog. It was about building relationships at mm. the end of the day, because when you're hiring someone to take care of your dog, it's, it's not, you know, you're not getting an Uber driver. It's not somebody coming to paint your house. It's not somebody, you know, doing electrical work or anything like that. It's, these are people who are taking care of your babies. They're taking care of your pets and they're part of your family. And I, for me, and I, it, I think it's worked so far, building those relationships with people so they know the company and they know who they're working with was always important to me from the jump. Yeah, it, it is a very um, intimate kind of business relationship that you have with somebody. And, and those relationships are the, the lifeblood of, of your business um, and, and meeting people's needs. And, and I really like hearing how there was some thought into what services you would offer, but you were adaptive and kind of reactive to what you were hearing the needs of and doing the best you could to meet those over time. Obviously, to certain extents, not trying to. I'm sure there have been some weird requests that you just completely put off the oh, table. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, but we, looking, we try to meet those weird requests as best we can. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you you've you've had some a little bit of background in in education and business and entrepreneurship. Um, what kind of things did you learn there that you find yourself using every day running this business? kind of it's kind of a tough answer um when i was finishing up my degree i was very focused on the tech company that i had at the time okay so it was a lot of skills i learned pertaining to building a business from a digital standpoint so Mm -hmm. having the right systems in place the right crm system the right you know analytics and learning how to use data to make decisions for your company um that definitely played a huge role also having, you know, I wrote tons and tons of business plans. Um, my very first business plan I wrote was actually for Dan's dog walking and pet sitting. When I, oh. when I first started, I, um, I took an intro marketing class and an intro business class. And I wrote my first business plan for the company and I wrote our first marketing plan. I actually recently found it um, on one of my old computers. And it was, uh, you know, that's where I came up with the tagline, you know, quality pet care for caring professionals. And it was cool because it, it kind of applied structure to everything I've kind of always known, but like didn't know how it all worked. Mm. Um, but I think overall it was part getting the confidence that like I kind of knew what I was doing because, you know, I, I've always, I've always never felt like I fit. I went into school pre-med. Um, I was planning on potentially becoming a psychiatrist. Um, that's what my dad does. Mm. And I just remember in school, even in high school, like never feeling like, I don't really know what trajectory I'm on. Like everyone else is like, oh, I'm going to go into finance or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And I've always been (laughs) entrepreneurial, but I just never realized it. Like I would buy and sell, I would go with my mom to Costco and buy candy. And then I would sell it retail price on the bus. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I paid my way through college by, um, I used to buy and sell textbooks and concert tickets. Really? I at one point, yeah, I had an inventory of like three or four thousand textbooks in my mom's basement. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, so it's that entrepreneurial component, and then you kind of merge that with some formal education and creating structure in a business. Um, I still think I 
thought I knew everything at that time too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It took me a little bit more time to really put a lot of things into place. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it depends on the person, you know, entrepreneurship, right. I think is something that's kind of, it's innate. It's this fire inside you. I mm-hmm. don't have the best work life balance. It's something I, I've <laughs> been working on and forced a little bit to, to work on by my, my lovely girlfriend. Okay. But um, it's definitely one of those things that if you don't know what to do and you are somebody who wants that formal training, mm-hmm. I think it's great. You know, having the structure and laying out the, the roadmap of how you need to, you've been getting it from ideation to reality. I think it's something that is incredibly valuable. But I also think it's okay that people take their own paths as well. I mean, I dropped out of college. I went back to college. I got kicked out of college. They mm-hmm. let me back in. And it was one of those things where it was kicked out because I didn't, I wasn't going to class. It wasn't sure. hard or anything like that. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> nope. it was honestly a super boring reason. I was sitting like in my dorm watching Discovery Channel eating Oreos <laughs> instead of going to class. But uh, <laughs> good. I'm sure they were good Oreos. <laughs> they were delicious Oreos. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I think people feel that sometimes they need to go on a specific path to get to a certain place. And I think the first time I got into an entrepreneurship class, it was kind of like this merry band of misfits. And I was like, oh. all right, I think I, I, I belong here. Cause nobody seems like they belong here. It's just sure. kind of a jumbled up mishmash of people. Yeah. I think that's a big part of entrepreneurship is figuring it out on your own and kind of having that blind confidence to be like, yeah, you know what? We could, we could do this. <laughs> right. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And, and I like that, that you said like you, yes, you had this formalized training, but what you really got out of it was a sense of confidence and kind of belonging in that area. And, you know, as you mentioned, like people don't have to go down the formal education road to find no, that. Definitely they, they don't yeah. have to get that confidence. There's a lot of other resources surrounding yourself with, with a good group of people um, and that can have good positive input and seeking out other resources. To, to learn the things that you don't know, find out where your strong suits are, find out where your weaknesses are to slowly build that confidence that this is something I can do. Because a lot of times, you know, people who are passionate about pets, they don't start a business to, to, to run a business. They start a business kind of backwards because they just want to take care of pets. So it's not something that a lot of people have a lot of education or knowledge about to begin with. So seeking out those resources to build your confidence over time to let you can do this. And, and it, there are, there are things that can help you. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, for anyone out there who's just starting a business or thinking about starting it, I think it's very important for people to know. And if you are just starting and you're thinking about starting and you feel like you have no idea what you're doing, that is perfectly normal. And mm. there are days when I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. And I've been yeah. doing for 10 years. I built and sold another company. I ran a nonprofit. Like I've done a bunch of stuff. And I'm 10, 15 years into this whole entrepreneurship thing. Mm. and you know, you're always going to have days where you're not sure if you're doing the right thing and you're questioning yourself, but that's part of the whole process. And, you know, learn to go with your gut, learn to work with people on things that are your weaknesses, but like definitely knowing it's okay to not know what you're doing and to be scared and to not be super confident in what you're doing. Cause you'll figure it out. If you like, the biggest thing is the passion. If you are passionate about what you are doing, mm. that will get you through everything else. I'm sure 
there's some great Steve Jobs quote about passion and excitement about what you do, but I definitely don't have it in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll use the, we'll use your quote. That we'll do that one. That'll be great. No, yeah, that, my, my stumbling ramble. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and and I and I hope that people listening to this really do take that to heart. Is that not you know nobody has it all together. Nobody has it all figured out. Everybody is learning at every stage of the process of running and growing your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am, I actually, the more I'm learning, the more I'm realizing, oh my God, I have so much more to learn. And <laughs> it's, it's at a point now where it's definitely like exciting. Like I am, you know, I have a director of video production who makes incredible funny amazing content for us i have a you know somebody who is on my hr team who that was not a huge strength of mine i've been a very bullheaded do it myself just work 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 kind of person and bring in somebody who you know knows how to deal with all kinds of people and knows how to manage people and create those structures like bringing the people surrounding yourself with the people who have the strength that you lack is the smartest thing you can do in business mm. um you know, find people that you trust, find people that share your values in terms of what your business is, but it's definitely okay to not know what you're doing. Yeah. So you, you kind of, you're starting to talk about it a little bit there, um, that you have a really great team. Um, could tell, oh my tell, God, us, yeah. t- tell us about your team that, that's working for you and, and that you have surrounded yourself with. Honestly, my team is everything. I would have nothing without them. Um, I have some employees who've been with me. I think my longest employee has been here seven years. Um, Yeah, she actually recently just put in her two weeks notice. She got a a great promotion at the studio she works at. But um, Mm. I am incredibly lucky to have a team of people who are not only passionate about caring for animals, they care about what we do. Mm. And that's something that, unfortunately, I don't think you could teach people. You know, like you could teach people all the different skills and stuff like that about a job. But unless they're passionate about caring for and working with animals, it's never going to be a good fit. And I have a team who is dedicated to our clients, dedicated to the pets, dedicated to the company, and really do go above and beyond constantly. And if any of you are listening, you are all wonderful. I love you. Thank you so much for all of your hard work always. Um, But that is, if you want to be successful, hire a good team invest in your team like i think it's important that you know i think it's a richard branson quote it's you know you treat your customers like gold and you treat your employees better than your customers because if you treat your employees well and you've got a happy content team they are going to do a good job and if they do a good job the clients are going to be happy the clients are going to be happy they're going to refer more business to you and it's this beautiful feedback cycle and one of the things we've actually really focused on in the past two years from a company standpoint, and I never ever thought about this was culture and creating a culture for your business. Like what is it that you are about as a company? What are the values of your company? And one of the most important things to me is positivity. You know, there at the end of the day, you can look at things any way you want, mm-hmm. but that's exactly it. You can look at it any way you want. So right. trying to come into any situation rather than looking at, Oh no, this is happening or, Oh no, this is happening. Look at it as an opportunity to learn, look at it as an opportunity to get better. And at the end of the day, whatever it is, it's not the end of the world. And there's always, you know, ways to get around stuff and really trying to create a sense of community, which is not always easy with 
you know, in, in our industry, in terms of your dog walking and pet sitting, you're not seeing your team all the time. Right. So we try to do company barbecues. We actually just on Sunday had our, uh, our holiday staff party. We went and did a couple of escape rooms with the team, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, actually a lot more fun than I expected it to be. I was actually pretty blown away. It was pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> um, but doing staff events, getting staff involved for the longest time, actually anybody ending up in some sort of a management role in my company, they were internal um, promotions. And I only in the last year started hiring externally just because the volume of our business has grown so much where we needed those people who had more management experience. Mm -hmm. But my director of video production, Moro, is he's been with me for five years. He started off walking dogs. Um, I think his first day of work, uh, he told me he could edit videos. I was like, great, let's go to Best Buy. Went to Best Buy, bought a GoPro and a bunch of equipment, and he's <laughs> been making amazing content for me ever since. Uh, he actually worked on a whole bunch of other really cool projects together. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, invest in your people, invest in your team, um, show them that you care. You know, it's not just about the clients, it's about your team, because unless you were a solo, solo person, you are not going to succeed without a quality team behind you. And anybody who forgets that, chances are they're not going to succeed. And, you know, I think it's something that a lot of people forget at times, but it's important to always remember to take care of the people that work hard for you. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Chrisanne from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of Petsitter Confessional get 50% off their first three months when they sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. Yeah, and, and that's just, uh, you know, should be the norm in businesses. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. The, the employees sometimes can get taken advantage of because the focus is on only pleasing the customer and the clients. And the the um, the team members just kind of get pushed away or, or are viewed as as tools to to an end, a means to an end, instead of the lifeblood of the company. You live and die by the team that you're surrounded with, and without them, you know, you you don't, you, as you said, you don't get clients. <laughs> yeah, Buzz Aldrin didn't get to the moon by himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. so you were running your business by yourself for a little while, and then it took. Then you reached a point where you needed to to hire your first employee. Was that was yeah. that easy? Was that easy for you, or was that, did you kind of struggle with that for a little bit? Oh, it was immensely difficult uh, for a number of reasons. One was I got incredibly sick um, over. It was a Christmas holiday, and I had a ton of clients out of town. I was working nineteen hours a day by myself. Uh, I had unfortunately a death in the family and I was just incredibly run down. And I think it got to the point where I ended up either throwing up or getting a real nasty headache and then a bloody nose and being unable to drive just because I've been working almost 20 hours a day for about 10 days straight. Mm. And um, 
it got to the point where I had to have, I think my brother come pick me up and just drive me to each client's house. And I would go and stumble and take care of the dog. And the next day I was like, all right, I have to hire somebody. <laughs> uh, but it was hard. You know, I, I think I, I don't think I hired my first employee till I was maybe a year or two. I actually can't remember off the top of my head. It was either a year or two years in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I might've hired a friend. I can't even remember who it was off the top of my head, but it was, I had no experience hiring people. I had no experience (laughs) managing people. Yeah. Uh, I barely had any job experience other than working at the animal hospital. The only (laughs) other jobs I had held have been like catering dominoes. And I was a camp counselor for years. Okay. Um, (laughs) But it was, one of the things that was tough about it was you build these relationships with the clients, but also their pets. Mm-hmm. And if you are an animal lunatic, like I am, you know, you get to know their little quirks and their little things that you have to do. And all, you know, they like to go left, not right on the street. And they like this or, <laughs> but you, it, it's hard. Cause it's like, you know, you get attached to them and you wonder like, are they going to do all the things that I do? Or are they going to mm-hmm. take care of them the way I do? And, I didn't realize it at the time, but that was signaling to me the incredible importance of having the right systems, protocols, and trainings put into place. Mm. Um, but it was uh, it was tough. It was definitely hard. You know, it was trusting somebody with my business, with my name, um, with our clients and their pets. It was it was tough. It was definitely not an easy first thing, but you know, fast forward ten years later, we're still doing it. <laughs> We've got a, <laughs> we got a team of almost forty five now. Um, so it's definitely we've we've come a little a little ways from there. Yeah. Did you ever consider at any point going to independent contractors over employees? I didn't. I didn't. Um, I thought about it for a second, and then I didn't like the idea of a lot of other things having to be on them mm. in terms of having their own insurance and having you know the right things in place. Like, are they going to follow my protocols? Are they going to do things? usually independent contractors, you know, they, they work with multiple businesses or they do this or that. And not to knock that at all. I, I mean, from a tax perspective, you got independent contractors as employees. Good for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, it saves you some money on payroll taxes and all that stuff. But, sure. um, I like the idea of creating a team and having, um, employees who are part of a business and they weren't just kind of come and go as they please, but they were part of something. Because when we first started, we were, I think it was before Facebook pages even existed. So we were creating like, we created like an account with the company's name on it. Um, We were going out and putting flyers out on every car at every train station. We were putting (laughs) door hangers out. We were, (laughs) we were working together and it was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I got to hire friends. I got to hire people that, you know, need work that loved animals and it was a lot of learning but a lot of cool stuff but it kind of you know looking back those are nice memories to have of like starting the company versus you know just outsourcing everything it was nice to have that little team of people right it makes everybody just a little bit more invested in the outcome and 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 as you mentioned earlier your your focus on having creating a, a culture and and supporting everybody and having that real team around you is a little bit more difficult with an independent contractor versus an employee. Yeah, I definitely think it. I mean, I, I know it definitely has its advantages. Um, if you want to keep your overhead low, which I envy sometimes. Um, but 
yeah, I think whatever sure. works, depending on what state you're in and all that stuff, to each their own. But we have been right. employees from the jump. Wow. So with 45 employees, how does the organization and management of them work? I'm sure that can be kind of chaotic. Uh, we've kind of worked out the kinks. Uh, okay. So we've got two full-time managers on during the week. Um, and then we have a team of field managers who basically their main job is to go out and spot check the staff, but also check in with them. So again, like anybody else who's doing this, you're not always seeing your coworkers. You're not always seeing your staff. And I realized that to increase our employee retention, there needs to be more communication between them and the company. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it shouldn't just be via whatever messaging platform you use. So Right. We have field managers to go out and make sure it's also quality assurance. So they're doing that. My management team is in the office fielding calls from staff and clients, booking consultation meetings and things like that. And then we've got a weekend management team. Um, and then we have our head of HR, who is amazing. Shout out to Deb. And um, then we've got our director of uh, video production and social media. And I like that idea of the the field managers there because making a much more direct connection with the the the, the sitters and the pet care um, professionals out there and and the office and the, the and the higher ups there so that they it's easier to communicate problems or it's easier to as you mentioned quality control levels of care and catch those things early so that there can be more training or there can be a little bit more communication about systems that need worked out. Um, but just as a, instead of having a huge gulf between people in the office and people out in the field, letting that connection be a little bit more tight. Oh, yeah. I de I've noticed a huge increase in just a positive level of communication between the field managers and the staff. Um, it also, I mean, it's great because in the past when we didn't have field managers, if somebody called out sick, myself and my management team were running out to cover those walks mm -hmm. um, because that's also, it's an added layer of, you know, a service guarantee. Right. Because with, you know, Rover and WAG, if you don't have enough people on that platform in your area and the person taking care of your dog fails, you don't have coverage. Whereas right. with us, we've got the team and there's backup people for that team. Then we have our field managers then we have our managers and then there's me. I mean, yeah. I have, <laughs> at many a time gone out in the middle of the night to take care of something last minute because you know something happens life yeah. happens and we always want to make sure that we have full coverage for whatever is needed re uh, regarding our clients and their pets right so kind of in that same vein um 2012 was a pretty ground-shaking year in the pet care industry because rover decided rolled out um, nationwide um, how have you managed to set you, your, yourself and your business apart from that kind of service? Being better. <laughs> no, and I, I mean that yeah. seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Putting, a, putting a real focus on quality of services mm. and our customer service. Right. So ensuring that every single employee is trained on a standard protocol that has been developed over 10 years. Every employee goes through a series of field trainings with our team members. They are then um, spot checked to make sure that they are doing their jobs. We do quarterly performance reviews with them. They are constantly communicating with our management team. We put a lot of emphasis on a positive interaction with our yeah. company. I, I don't ever want someone to walk away from us feeling not great 
I want them to walk away being like, holy crap, that was a dog walking company. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that's because that's important to me. I mean, like if you look at anyone who's kind of buffed up on this stuff, uh, Zappos, they are, they, one of the ways that they became incredibly successful was having like the best customer service. And yeah. that stuck out to me because it was like, all right, it's the website you buy shoes. I mean, it was purchased by Amazon for a whole truckload of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the emphasis on customer service and making sure that the client is always happy. I mean, I've done things where if an employee made a mistake and the client was upset about something, I think I ended up refunding a full week of services, which was $800. And mm-hmm. I couldn't afford to give that back at the time, but I did. But because I did that and the client was so upset, they ended up continuing to use us for six, seven more years and spending yeah. significantly more than that. And really putting an emphasis on the value of the relationship and not looking at a customer like they're just another dollar sign. Right. Not looking at your staff like it's just another dollar sign. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely got me a little worried at first. I, I'd say the only major, only direct impact it's probably had on us have been removing some quality candidates from the applicant pool in terms okay. of um, staff. Sure. But uh, I'm I'm excited for what we've got coming in the next couple of years, what we're working on and what's happening in the industry. Okay. Well, that's really great. So when you're um... And I like this idea of, you know, you're you're investing in your employees by giving them this training, giving them this protocol, and giving them the support that they need. So, what what makes a good employee in your eyes? Above all else, they have to love animals. Hmm. Um, one of the biggest things for me, if in, in an interview, when if they're one of their first few questions is about money, in my mind, the the interview's over because hmm. if you're there interviewing for a job, of course you're there to make money. Yeah. All that information is available on the website. I want to know that you're here because you want to work with animals. The people that are so excited to be around them, that are excited to just get to spend their days with them, that's important to me. Um, you got to be willing to have conversations about your work. You need to be open to constructive feedback. Um, but you also need to be somebody who can give feedback too. One of the things that I I tell every single person that I hire when I train them is I know what we're good at. I need you to tell us where we're screwing up. Mm. Whether it's from an employee standpoint, from a business standpoint, I want to know your ideas. And a lot of things that we've done and changes that we've made have been ideas that have come from employees. Actually, my manager, Alex, tonight had a great idea to help streamline some scheduling things. So we're going to be implementing that this week. Um, video ideas. It's. I think at the end of the day, you need compassionate people who are able to communicate in a professional way, and are uh, you know excited to be a part of something bigger than it just being a job. Right. Right. So thinking back to uh, ten years ago, yeah, you're just starting out. Do you remember your very first client? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Her name was Bonnie. Um and hang on, I have I get on the dogs. Angie and Mally were the dogs' names. Mm. Um, I remember going to the meeting. I was in my scrubs because I was coming from the animal hospital. Okay. I remember being at the door with my notebook and thinking, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I have <laughs> no idea how this is gonna go. 
and uh, it went great. Uh, you know, her her dogs were featured on my first website, and her dogs were amazing, incredibly, incredibly sweet dogs. The client was a wonderful person. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah. distinctly remember being outside that door, being like, "I have no idea how this is gonna go." <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that that very first one, the nerves are really kicking in. And especially, yeah, if not, if I don't think it was nerves, I think uh, it was just like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) How did I end up here? What it was going to happen? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't, I don't know what I'm doing. I like, all right, I guess I know how to take care of a dog. Like I didn't, I think I didn't have a pitch. I had, I knew two things. I could make eye contact with a person and I knew how to take care of animals. Okay. That was, everything else let's figure it out yeah (laughs) so so uh beside your first client do you have a a most memorable or maybe most influential client over the years that's really impacted you that is honestly there's so many sure um we we have some clients that we we've got very involved in their lives i had a client probably three or four years ago who unfortunately has since passed away um very sweet woman. Uh, she was older. She was 95. Tough as nails, though. You mm. know, she still did yoga every day. She was on her, her exercise bike. And she, unfortunately, was diagnosed with um, a brain tumor out of nowhere. And um, she ended up having to go in the hospital. I think I stayed at the house for, like, three weeks. without. I just didn't feel comfortable charging her. Mm. Um, but it was just important to me that we were there for her. Again, like this isn't just about business for me. I think it's about being a good person and being a positive member in a community. And she, she only had, she had like a nephew who lived over in England. She had some neighbors who were wonderful, who took great care of her. But um, yeah, she stands out in my mind. I, I don't, she was just a very sweet, sweet. caring person. Um, and then there's just, honestly so many amazing dogs <laughs> a correct answer could also be all of them i will accept that one that's fine <laughs> yeah like i have i can go through uh, like so many stories about clients yeah um but yeah there i, I i've gotten to meet actually <laughs> one of the most impactful ones was um somebody who i met at the gym and um he had a, a an older dog he was a little min pin and he had just had his, his son was born he was maybe eight months old and was constantly on the ground and the dog was having accidents in the house so they had they had a very nice garage it was a finished garage with you know nice flooring and everything mm-hmm. so he was he they would keep him in the garage just because he was having accidents and the kid was crawling um that client ended up becoming one of my closest friends and one of my most trusted business partners in the tech company. No. And um, yeah, we're oh. actually going out for his uh, his birthday next next week. Um, or I'm incredibly close to the family. I've watched his kids grow up. Um, him and his wife have been, you know, wonderful friends for the past. We've known each other six years now, mm-hmm. seven years. Um, yeah, that that one had a big impact on yeah. me. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because his his name. I never change his name in my phone. It's still Brian with old dog in garage. <laughs> <laughs> so we we always get I always get a good chuckle out of that one when he calls me. That's awesome. And that, that really, used to be my CRM. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean that really speaks to 
that it is these relationships. It's the relationships with the clients, but those grow over time and you, they never leave you the same person afterwards. And you, oh, you definitely you, not. And, and it's, so it's, it's not just about, um, the business at that point, it's, it's investing in these relationships, investing in the people, investing in the pets, because there's a long-term payout for that, 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 that comes out at the end. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, it was because of him, I ended up in Korea a couple of years ago. Um, well, we, we launched our business in South Korea, okay. but it was, this all started him and I, he was my, my co-founder with this, with this business. Um, and it ended, we ended up launching it in South Korea. And I, I'm thinking like, if, if I never started this business, I never would have launched the business in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that I'm, that is pretty impactful for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what do you wish you would have known when you started at this point? Oh my God. <laughs> besides everything, besides everything. <laughs> um, one, shut up and stop being so arrogant. Mm. Um, I came in to, I think all business stuff with a little bit of false bravado and ego, which I think ego is healthy to a degree. I mean, I did name my company down, dog walking and pet sure. Um, but it's okay to not know what you're doing. Yeah. Cause I, I remember feeling really bad about myself because I didn't, you know, I was watching all my friends who were in, you know, career trajectories. And at first being like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, that and always have good insurance. No matter okay. what you do, <laughs> make sure you've got good insurance, a good accountant, and a good lawyer okay. um, are always good to be able to have, um, you know, accountants and lawyers are the things you, you don't realize how much you want a good one until you need one. Sure. Um, and, uh being more open-minded to mm. uh, learning things. I, 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 for years, was just gobbling up um, information, but in terms of listening to people, I was such a, uh, it was awful. <laughs> I was so arrogant. It's funny, um, yeah. our, our head of HR, she was a client of mine when I just started, and at our summer barbecue, she, she met my girlfriend for the first time, and she was, you know, being saying this from a place of caring. But she was like, Dan was such an arrogant expletive when I first saw him. I didn't even want to work with him. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, she's but, fantastic. I don't know what I would do without her now. Sure. Well, um, it's good. You're growing. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're learning, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you mentioned it there about the importance of insurance. Um, why, why should a pet care professional be insured and bonded? Well, Protect yourself. Obviously, make sure you are incorporated LLC or whatever legal structure that you decide on. Um, but at the end of the day, this is your livelihood. You are not working for another company. And if something happens and you get your company gets sued, you need to be able to make sure that you can cover those expenses, whether an animal gets hurt or it's a workman's comp issue. Um, you always, again, it's like lawyers and accountants. You don't realize how badly you need it until you need it. Yeah, um, it's it it yeah it's kind of a non-negotiable. Sure. sure. If, if you're listening to this right now and you do not have insurance, go get insurance. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's one of those things that is easy to overlook because you may look at the expense and go, "Gosh, that's so expensive on a month-to-month -month basis." It how is. Can I, how can I possibly more expensive when you need it? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's the, when you, yeah, when you don't have it and all of a sudden you're, you have this massive bill facing you that you wish those few months of payment, you know, it, it can really pay off in the long run. For sure. Yeah. It's yeah. uh definitely make sure you invest in good insurance, good accounting software and know the finances of your company. Um, make sure you're saving for taxes. I think my first couple of years in business was like, Oh, uh Oh, forgot about this. <laughs> um, Make sure you're setting money aside for taxes. Make sure you're planning. Again, if you were a business owner or a solo walker or anything, start planning for your future. If you yeah. can put away 50 bucks a month for your retirement and you're doing this at a young age, great. But yeah. you always want to make sure you're saving, putting some money aside. You want money for an emergency fund. And also stay on top of your credit. Building your credit while you're building a business is amazing. Um, if you have a lot of expenses, depending on like, we, we do a lot of marketing, a lot of other things. So I've used my credit cards a lot over the years and you get some nice little rewards with it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going on a lovely vacation to Costa Rica that I'm paying for exclusively with points, um, mm -hmm. which was very exciting to not pay anything, <laughs> anything. To, go a, to go on a nice trip. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, talk to as many people as you can consume as much information from people who are smarter than you read books, listen to audio tape, uh, you know, books on tape, audible podcasts. Like my first three years, I was walking dogs like 12 hours a day. I was probably churning through five books a week. My mm -hmm. audible account has a couple hundred books in it. Wow. Like any book that was written by about any sort of successful entrepreneur, business person, anything that pertained to what I was doing, I was consuming mm. day and night. It was all I did was focus on my business. Yeah. It's investing in your business is not just putting money back into it. It's learning. It's uh, connecting with people, making connections. Yeah, I, I definitely. And I've learned recently, I still don't really agree with this, with the whole work-life balance thing. Um, but it is important to make sure you take care of yourself. Um, th this part I do believe in the balance, not so much, but honestly, meditation therapy, if you feel you need it, you can afford it. Um, exercise because walking is not exclusively your only form of exercise. I make sure to hit the gym every morning as often as I can. Cause I let it go for a couple of years. Sure. And I was like, I had to go walk some dogs recently. I was like, Ooh, these these hills were not as hard. As they used to. <laughs> Did these get steeper? Yeah. 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 So you you know make sure you're taking care of yourself because if you are the owner of your business, your employees need you alive and healthy. So what do you wish people knew about the life of a pet sitter? I mean, from a client standpoint, understanding that we have a finite amount of people available. Okay. With a finite amount of hours in the day. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's definitely one. Um, tip tip your dog walkers. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one thing i know my employees always appreciate it but treat them like people don't, yeah. don't treat us like we're you know non-existent i mean I, i'm lucky enough where our clientele are incredibly respectful and wonderful towards my staff like it's the holiday season so i've been blown away by some of the tips my staff have been getting um i, I think it's it's nice to build relationships with the people who are coming into your home and taking care of your animals um our jobs are pretty awesome. We get paid to hang out with animals all day long. <laughs> if you're envious, you should be. It's kind of a great job. And 
you know, there are days when I want to rip my hair out because this is insanity, the thing that we've created here. But I, uh, it's allowed me to have a pretty cool life so far, and it's allowed me a tremendous amount of freedom that I probably wouldn't have had if I had done other career paths. It's, it's definitely a, it's a cool space to be involved in. Yeah. So, so, so what is keeping you busy these days? It sounds like you're doing quite a lot. It's, uh, we have a huge plan for the next couple of years. So, uh, right now we're in the process of building out a massive platform to automate a lot of things that we're doing. Um, but I am looking to scale this business up, um, in a large way. Um, I think that there is a tremendous opportunity in the market. I don't know if you saw the news about SoftBank pulling out, selling their stock back to WAG, but that's yeah. a huge indicator that their model, while great at scale from a business standpoint, was horrendous mm-hmm. um, from the standpoint of um, care. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of wonderful people on these platforms on both Rover, WAG, and Dog Vacays, you know, owned by WAG. I mean, Rover now. Um, yeah. But there's also a lot of people in there who, you know, it might not be ill intent, but they're there to make money. And that's, that's not where they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, get, get a job where you're working in whatever, but you shouldn't be taking care of living things. And it, it's, it's upsetting to see that they put profits over living things. Um, mm. Exactly what happened with WAG. And I think there's an opportunity in this market for a company to step up and really scale nationwide and provide services at a, a level of service that of a local business, but with the accountability and reliability of a company that's got a whole bunch of people who are there who want to take care of your dogs. So doing that, um, we've got a whole bunch of video production going on right now. Um, we have been doing a, we started a small video series called Dog Walkers Try and then insert whatever it is. Our first video was Dog Walkers Try Dog Treats, um, <laughs> which was quite entertaining. Um, we are shooting after we wrap up this um, Dog Walkers Try Dog Beer, which I didn't oh. even know existed. Uh, no, um, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so working on, working on really streamlining the operations of my business, making sure that I've got the right infrastructure because the the most important thing when you're scaling a business is making sure that you are not compromising quality. Mm. That's one thing that has been incredibly important to me from day one is, you know, recognize that we're taking care of living things. We we don't ever want to compromise quality of service just for quantity. That's something that is at the core value of my company is it's it's quality of services over everything else. Mm. What a what a great summary of everything we've been talking about here. It's quality, it's relationships. Um, Dan, I know a lot of people are going to have a lot of questions and uh, want probably want to talk more about running, operating a business and uh, being an entrepreneur. H- how can people get in touch with you and follow along with the work that you guys are doing? So if you wanted to follow me personally, you follow my Instagram, which is Daniel Reitman. Um, I have a, my own personal website, which is DanielReitman.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-R-E-I-T-M-A-N. If you want to follow my company, which is honestly significantly more adorable and entertaining in terms of content, uh, mine is just pictures of sunsets. It's Dan's Pet Care. Um, you can go to our website, DanPetCare.com. You can follow us on 
Instagram, TikTok. We've got our YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook. But if you have any questions for me directly, you could message me on my personal Instagram or just look us up, Dan's Pet Care or Dan's Dog Walking and Pet Sitting, and I'd be happy to uh, field any questions from anybody. Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. It's really great to hear your insight into all of this. A lot of exciting things coming down the line. So again, thank you so much. Thank you, Colin, so much for having me on. And I really appreciate the time. And again, if anyone has any questions, I'm here to help. I hope you were as inspired by Dan as I was, especially when it comes to understanding that nobody has it all figured out. And we're all trying to learn about this process as we go. In the day in and day out drudgery of the monotony of the tasks and the hectic chaos that we all deal with, that can get lost in the shuffle. That no one else out there has the exact answer that we're all looking for. But the bright spot, the highlight of that, is that there are resources that you can reach out to, people to talk to, people to bounce off ideas of, and, and resources to learn and dive deep to figure out what's going to work best for you and your business. Dan had a lot to say about setting positive culture in your company and setting yourself apart as a business from people in your area. I hope you reach out to him with further questions and ideas. We'd like to thank Time to Pet for sponsoring us for this week. If you have comments, questions, concerns, or would like your story told, please send an email to feedback at petsorterconfessional.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram at petsorterconfessional and Twitter, psconfessional. If you haven't joined our Facebook group, I really encourage you to do that. It's a great group of active, engaged members who are asking questions and trying to figure this all out as we go with friends. Next week is Professional Pet Sitters Week, and we'll talk to you guys then. <laughs>